Hi, it's Jeff Farley at the Otisville Mount Hope Presbyterian Church and our weekly podcast, Today's Word, from our Sunday sermon. If after listening you have questions and want to contact us, you can do that at our email, otisvillepress at hvc.rr.com, or check out our website at www.otisvillepress.org, and that's with two L's. Here we are at Easter, the resurrection story. We're reading from Mark chapter 16, verses 1 to 8. After the Sabbath, Mary Magdalene, Salome, and Mary, the mother of James, brought some spices to put on Jesus' body. Very early on Sunday morning, just as the sun was coming up, they went to the tomb. On the way, they were asking one another, who will roll the stone away from the entrance for us? But when they looked, they saw that the stone had already been rolled away, and it was a huge stone. The women went into the tomb, and on the right side they saw a young man in a white robe sitting there. They were alarmed. The man said, don't be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus from Nazareth, who is nailed to a cross. God has raised him to life, and he isn't here. You can see the place where they put his body. Now go and tell his disciples, and especially Peter, that he will go ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there just as he told you. When the women ran from the tomb, they were confused and shaking all over. They were too afraid to tell anyone what had happened. So, of all the crazy things you've ever done, I'll bet you have never done this. Gone to a graveyard to find a beloved friend and get them out of their grave so you can prepare them for burial. Someone said the other day that the story of the ship stuck in the Suez Canal is actually a bit crazier than we have heard so far. It turns out it all went awry when one of the ship's pilots said to the other, how much you want to bet me I can do a U-turn right here in the canal? Hold my beer. Well, yes, we've all done crazy things. Now, I know we do burials much different now. We embalm and we put the bodies of our loved ones in caskets in a grave that's six feet deep. But still, there's something here. These women had decided out of love and deep concern that Jesus had not been properly prepared for burial, so they decided to go and get him and prepare him in the right way. These women decided out of love and deep concern, uh, and the reality was perhaps there was a need for this. In Jesus' days, bodies were laid out flat in an above-ground grave if your family had lots of money, or they were scrunched up in a pit grave if they didn't. Both had rock covers to keep out potential burial invaders, human and animal. In the grave, the flesh was allowed to rot away until all that was left was bones. Then they were gathered and put in a box, which we call an ossuary, which was placed in the family burial spot, or the bones were just gathered and added to the stack in the place where the family normally kept their bones. The women knew all about this, and undaunted, they got up before daylight and headed out to the place Jesus was buried to wash his body, to wrap him in new linen with plenty of burial spices. They were ready. Kind of. They understand they risked the ridicule of friends and neighbors and possibly even their families. They also understood they risked uh, arrest or detention by the authorities. And not only that, they also knew that they would end up being ritually unclean. And while we moderns may dismiss that as a trivial concern, in first century Jewish world, it was huge. While any corpse is 
highly unclean all by itself in Jewish law, one who touches a human corpse contracts a lower grade of uncleanness known as the father of uncleanness, avi ha tumah. And once a person has been defiled, if they touch any other human beings or food or drinks, they render them unclean as well. Only by the rituals of washing and seven days of separation could they then return to normal life. So all of this was a big deal. It was costly in time and energy. It was costly emotionally. Bottom line, these women did what love does. They put it all on the line to care for their beloved master and friend. They chose to do the right thing. But never could they have imagined that Jesus was not dead. The author of Mark's Gospel kind of makes a point of the fact that they had not figured out how to move the massive stone. The stone, of course, turned out to be the, the simplest of problems because the tomb was already open and already empty. And on the slab was sitting a young man where the body of the dead Jesus should have been resting. Now, I go to cemeteries a lot. In 2020, I presided at 25 different funerals. Never ever have I come to the graveyard and discovered an angel sitting next to the burial spot saying, hey folks, not happening. The casket is empty. Take a look. So the idea that the women were freaked out should come as no surprise. They had steeled themselves for the task ahead, and now there was no task. They didn't need to move the stone. There was no unwrapping of a decomposing body. There was no washing, no spicing, no rewrapping Jesus, no ritual uncleanness. Nothing they had expected and dreaded and intended to do anyway. No, this was worse. They couldn't wrap their heads around this idea that Jesus wasn't there. Even worse than that, they couldn't comprehend resurrection. What was it that the young man said? Don't be alarmed. You're looking for Jesus of Nazareth, who was nailed to a cross. Well, God has raised him to life, and he isn't here. You can see the place where they put his body. Now, go and tell his disciples, especially Peter, that he will go ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there, just as he told you. Two thousand years later, it's easy to think the women at the tomb handled it all badly. But you know what? They did exactly as any of us would have done. They struggled to understand, both in their heads and in their hearts, what they were hearing and what they were seeing. They knew he had died. They had seen him die. They knew he was dead. But God had other plans for them and for us. Because starting at that empty tomb, the real adventure of faith begins. For he is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah and amen. Thanks so much for joining us on our podcast today. It's been fun. And remember, if you have questions, email us or check us out at our website. We'd be delighted to be in communication. Thanks for joining us.